This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today, we welcome back Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. Matt and the boys have a new EP kicker out on Polyvinyl Records out this week, and it was high time to get Matt back on to chat. We discuss how the Get Up Kids have stayed together all these years, their knack for writing EPs, I got caught saying I like Jim's songs better, and you'll hear why I owe Matt $25 for doing the podcast. Finally, we hear more about the recordings happening and what that means about a full album. Very, very exciting. Hope you guys enjoy. Matt was fun. He got the kids out of the house for a little bit, so we chatted. And I think you'll enjoy. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. You make this podcast easier to do in my spare time. And if you're interested in donating, all the links are there on washedupemo.com. So thank you to the Patreon supporters. This is episode 131 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. Busted up the good shit for this. I got my nice microphone. <laughs> what happened to your pod? Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna get we're gonna jump right into that, huh? You know, to be completely honest, it it got to be I I miss it actually a lot. Um, it's kind of one of the reasons I was looking forward to doing this today because I don't get to you know have podcast conversations very often. But uh, I just it was taking up too much time and not making me any money, so. It was sort of like had to do kind of a cost-benefit analysis. And to be completely honest, I really felt like I had used up all of my favors with my friends, <laughs> you know, of like, hey, come talk to me for an hour. No, nah, no reason. Just because <laughs> you want to. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So – and then I started getting requests for people I just didn't really want to talk to. And it was – so I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'd start it again because I really think it's fun. I think there's like another idea because of your situation in music where y- you were in it, you were in the band. Like, the, I just think there's some other idea. Well, the only thing I can think of is to write a book, you know, like it's kind of like to tell stories and stuff, but that's not nearly as fun, <laughs> you know, like yeah. as, as just having a conversation about it. I don't know. I don't know if I, maybe, maybe one day. You should Who write knows? a book. <laughs> I've never tried. <laughs> 
I was actually just talking about with uh, Tony, who does Fest. You know, his mindset was there's all these people, and we all kind of came from the same cloth, and we're all doing different things, and we all help each other. And it, he just kind of like loved that web of we all came from the same cloth, so there wasn't there there isn't there isn't a discussion that's needed. I mean, it's I, I think anymore. Like it seemed like for a while there, like in the like in the 90s back then like that punk rock had a lot of rules to it you know what i mean and like a lot of like this is what you're not allowed to do and a lot of them had to do with money but um it's it's nice now because it's it's almost just sort of like yeah it's just we're just weirdos you know like you're either you're either with the weirdos or you're not (laughs) so we've got to stick together yeah but um yeah i've never been to fest I haven't either, and he was really upset that I hadn't been because he booked MacRock for a few years. Really? Yeah. Which I don't. I don't think I knew that. He remembers booking your show God, at the PC Ballroom. Show. Such a weird show. Playing with the Executioners and Archers of Loaf, and uh, who was the other Super one? Superchunk. No, I don't think Superchunk played, but uh, Vale. A veil plate. That's right. And then the blue weird. rags. The blue rags. Yeah, they're like a Americani kind of, or s- something like that. It's a weird one, but we just wanted to see Arches of Loaf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where do you well, need and to a, drive? And a, and a and a veil. A veil's veil was such a good live band. Yeah, but he. But that was that. It was just funny to kind of you know the. He took what MacRock was, which was kind of these bands that weren't playing CMJ, they weren't at South by, but there was like a scene happening, and he kind of took that to Fest, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. And then that same thing of we were talking about where bands that he gave a shot on early, you know, are now playing main stage, but still coming back, right. and you know, could probably command more money, but they want to do it because he was cool enough to hook them up early on. Well, and that's something that we try to do in general with 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 promoters, like people who have been there, you know, worked with us for a long time. We try. I mean, sometimes it doesn't always work. Sometimes, you know, you have to make that choice of whether do you want to play the the corporate room for more money or do you want to play the dingy divey one that'll be more fun but maybe a little bit less money. So, but we try to whenever we can. Yeah, I was thinking of touring too. I wanted to ask about touring with your daughter. Okay. And being able to watch her play, do her thing, what's that feeling like? Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm proud of her. I mean, that's that's the you know the I think any parent who watches their kid do something that they enjoy, you know, whether it's in sports or or music or being in a play or whatever, that I. You know, you feel a sense of pride. I kind of found myself feeling on, on occasion a little bit defensive, like almost like kind of guard dogging her a little bit, like because I I really didn't. I mean, not that anybody was mean at all, but like if anybody had said anything mean, I probably would have just beaten the hell out of them. <laughs> you know, like I was just, which is I'm kidding, but um, but yeah, I mean she. It's it's tough. I mean, she was 15 and she was, you know, doing her schoolwork in the in the van and uh she didn't really talk to anybody except to me. She didn't talk to Dan and didn't talk to any of the people on tour with us. Uh and she was like, "Yeah, this is a lot of 
a lot of sitting around. And I was like, yep, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. She didn't think she didn't know that. I don't think it fully registered with her. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, teenagers kind of sit around a lot anyway, so it's not really – it's not that weird. But, no, it was, it was cool. It was, it was very cool. What have you helped her and what have you let her figure out on her own? With, 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 with music, not with everything, Jesus. Not just with music. <laughs> that was a can of worms. Uh, the thing I've been talking to her a lot about lately, because she's in this band now, and it, I'm just like, just go slow. Like, don't like, – because you know, there's opportunities that are being bandied about, and it's just like, oh, yeah, and then this guy said he wants to put a record out by us. And I was like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> like, you're – you're don't don't rush into anything anything this is what i tell everybody in a young band like anytime that you think like you have to make a decision really quickly because it's your only shot your only chance to do it it's not there's never a time when just like oh you know like if you keep keep at it like no some some other opportunity will come up or it won't and you'll have to do it yourself and that's fine too but yeah so i just i i do a lot of like cool your jets kind of talk and then um, tell them to say the band name on stage more often, <laughs> you know, little things like that. Uh, don't, don't play shows for free anymore. <laughs> you know, like if you're these are good. Up. These are good tips. Uh, they, they played this like battle of the bands thing and they, they won some money and I'm like, okay, so one of you has to fill out a W nine now. <laughs> Just like, were they, oh, dad, oh, man, Mr. Pryor. Well, first of all, there's a strict rule that no no child I'm ever around is allowed to call me Mr. Pryor. Really? Because the Yeah, I hate that. I don't I, like it. I, when, I apologize. No, 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 it's fine. It's not, it, it just, I I don't know what it is, but I'm always just like, look, just don't do that. Just call me Matt. It's fine. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, like I coached, a, I coached a band for like a, a teenage rock camp thing and, and of course, once you tell them, okay, look, don't call me Mr. Pryor, they're like, okay, Mr. Pryor. And I'm like, ah, little dicks. <laughs> but uh, no, they're, they're cool with me now. They, her bandmates were scared of me when they met me, which I've been t- people tell me sometimes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. My daughter said I was scary. And I was like, oh. Is I'm it just- like how you enter a room? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, it doesn't register to me. Like, I'm kind of a dick sometimes, but I don't think that I'm scary. But I don't know. I'm not 15 either. I mean, a parent coming into, I don't know, I, I would be scared. Doesn't matter who it would be. Well, unless, unless they're coming with cookies or something. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, it's been so, I'm so far removed from that, from that headspace. I don't even remember. I guess that you're probably right. Like, just the nature of them being kids and me being the parent. There is an element of like you, like I'm making my daughter get her drive. Like kid, teenagers don't want to get driver's licenses anymore. I don't know if you know this. No. Fact. Like they just want just, to Uber. Well, either that or they just live in their phone, so they don't really want to go anywhere at all. And so I was like, "You're getting your driver's license," and she's like, "I don't want to get my driver's license." And I'm like, "I'm not driving you to your gigs anymore. Like if you're gonna play." <laughs> across town I don't want to have to 
take my truck and go to your show and hang out and you want to watch the other bands and I want to go home. Blah, blah, grumpy old man. <laughs> so that's why my daughter's got to get her driver's license. She's got her permit right now. Does there, does that, is that through the school or do you have to go to a place and pay someone to teach we, her? We paid a, a, a local place. Wow. Because it's, it's it, it, it is offered through the school, but it's, it was just, it was just it, easier to do it, it this way. Yeah. I mean, it sounds posh, but it's ah, just some, way easier. Sometimes you make those decisions. So what else has changed? Because I think it's, it's cool that she's that age when you were playing music, playing and like try, mm-hmm. getting it, like you're sort of what has changed from their headspace? You talked about the phone and like not wanting to going there anywhere. Like, what other things is it patience? Is it other things? Uh, like as far as what I tell them or what they what I see that's like different. What 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 you see that's different? Uh, they're very social media savvy, you know, and they also. They're they're very politically savvy. They're, it's very like, you know, queer positive, trans positive, you know, teenage girl. Not not girls. They're not all girls. Uh, teenage punk band. And uh, but they're, you know, just very tuned into to social issues and calling, <laughs> kind of call people out on stage sometimes. What happens? Kind of, what did they do? Oh, is this? Um, are you familiar with the term TERFs? No, it's it's called trans exclusionary radical feminists. So it's pe- basically people who say that uh, it's it's kind of like the thing about the pussy hats in the women's march because mm-hmm. technically not all women have vaginas. This is not my. I don't feel com- like this is not. This is two <laughs> white guys. This is not my issue. This is I'm just an ally in this fight. This is not my. You're an do, observer. I, but I, you know, what's interesting though is I found myself explaining it because how old are you? I am 39, almost 40. Okay, so you're not that much younger than me. But people our age who consider themselves fairly, you know, on the on the on the good guys side of things politically, and it's like, but then I still have to explain these things that these teenagers are telling me. Because it's super important in their lives, but it doesn't – like if there wasn't a trans boy in Lily's band, then I wouldn't really know this much about <laughs> like, yeah. that this was even a thing. And so it's just I've, – I've been finding myself as sort of the uh, the you know 40-something straight white guy ambassador for these <laughs> issues. <laughs> and it's, it kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit because I don't want – it's not – like it feels like I'm mansplaining to other men, which is just weird. Yeah. Wow. What other any other funny any other funny things that you've noticed that they're either you know she's making the same mistake or uh, even getting into music? Like how how does she learn? How does she figure out music? It's obviously different than how you and I did it. Well, I mean, she discovers a lot of stuff just through Spotify and like through like people's playlists and YouTube was a really big thing. Um, for all of my kids, I guess it still is like, as far as like, just as a place to listen to stuff, which is kind of counterintuitive in my brain, but, um, but yeah. And then, you know, she, she's just on Instagram all the damn time. So that's how I was reading back the uh, interview you and I did back in 2013 and it was that long ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you were my 20th episode. 
You were, you were, you were early on. You were super helpful to help. What are you, what are you up to now? <laughs> what are you up to? 20, oh, 20, I'm up to 129 or 130. I meant how many episodes. I know what you're up to. Oh, <laughs> I, 129, 130. Okay. Well, oh. hey, every oh. hundred episodes or so, I'll come on. Okay, great. <laughs> what I remember, and I remember laughing hysterically <laughs> reading it again because I remember transcribing, was your kids watching Kung Fu Panda. And <laughs> them okay. not being loud and you getting really frustrated. And you were like, Tom, can you hear that? Can you hear them? I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's funny, actually. Because they were like arguing and then they yeah. spilled popcorn. And then to not let get you mad at them, they started vacuuming. So there's another I point. I don't remember you, this at there's all. There's <laughs> another point where you stop and go, Tom, do you hear that vacuum cleaner? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And they're like, they're trying to clean up the pot. And you like left, and I left it in the episode. So you hear you going over and then coming back, and you were like, okay, anyway. <laughs> that that was a common thread when I had my podcast because my dog like, – I'd sometimes – if it was nice out, like I'd go on my porch, right? Because yeah. it's just like I'm stuck in – it's you know, it's not nice here that often. And – periodically like a truck would drive by or my dog would start barking at somebody and I have to be like, Bengal, shut the fuck up. I'm doing an interview. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just remember the vacuum cleaner running and you just sighing really loudly. It's funny. Well, this will be the fun fact of this podcast. Uh, this is costing me $25 to do this podcast. What? Because that's, that's what I had. So you owe me $25. Okay. And then the next... Because that's what I had to bribe my kids with to get them out of the house for an hour. Because uh, they just got out of school. It's summer oh, break now. That's and so I'm like, amazing. Go, go get some pizza. Go to the comic book store. Just I'll text you when I'm done. And it's just <laughs> so this podcast has cost me. I'm at a net loss for this podcast. Matt, I can Venmo you. How about that? <laughs> I am Venmoing Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids for his time so he could talk when it's fucking quiet. <laughs> It's it's well I could do it like I have my little studio in the garage but the Wi-Fi is really bad out there so I was just like well I got to do it in the house and can you hear those fucking birds should I cover up the birds my son got birds Your like parakeets birds. or something I can hear them but it is again it's nice Matt it's it makes it seem like you're not in the city I've been doing that I've been doing that when I recorded a, a downright song and I was listening back to it and all of a sudden there's these fucking birds in the middle of it and I was just like <laughs> and I was just like well. Do I keep it? It's kind of cool, but not really what they ordered, you know? <laughs> what did you end up doing? I redid it. Oh, okay. I put the birds under a blanket <laughs> to, so they go to sleep. It is funny to hear in the background. The well, uh, uh, I was going to say, so one of your other quotes I remember was uh, I had asked about reunions. Yeah. And you said, you know, uh, if – and this was about the get-up kids. You said, we can't fake it. We have to like each other to do this. You guys like each other again. We're getting along pretty well, actually. Uh, Tell me about it. Like, what, what, what happened? I mean, I know there was the last EP, but, like, a lot of time has passed. Everyone's been doing different things and different uh, uh, throughout the years. But what about it this time? Well, I, I think I can only speak for myself in that uh, – I, I personally kind of came to a realization of like uh, kind of a, on a personal level of like, well, this is the 
I guess it's maybe more of a professional level. It's just like, well, this is the career that you built. So why are you tr- why are you not leaning into that? You know what I mean? Like you spent 20 years of your life, you know, in vans and sleeping on people's floors. Like, why don't you like try and like push, you know, it's instead of like doing like a side project or, or, or whatever like that. And then at the same time, I also like had to kind of do some soul searching sounds pretentious, but I guess that's what it is of like, what is it about this that you like? And the th- thing I came to was what I really like is the process that we're in right now, not interviews. Although this podcast interviews are by far much better than regular ones, um, is that we've been writing because we're writing a record. And so I have all these songs that like I really like and you're not going to hear for like a year. You know what I mean? Like it's it's I think that that's that's my favorite part of the of this process. And so I've been trying to like focus on that. And then it's just this also like we're like what we're old enough now and we've been through enough shit that's just like what works? What works is if we like follow our gut instincts and listen to each other and still fuck with each other like pretty hard. We're pretty mean to each other actually, but uh, but to to do it in a in a like in a ball busting kind of way, like you know all those sort of things of like you see like comedians like uh, people hanging out at the is it called the Comedy Cellar in New York, where yeah. it'd be like Dave Attell and and Mark Maron, and they're just busting each other's balls really. Hard. That's kind of what we do to each other, and uh, it's the closest comparison I can. It's, but it's yeah. like it's it's like siblings. I mean, some of them are siblings, but they. Uh, but it's just this thing of like, okay, this is what we do. Let's not get in our own way. And let's certainly not, for me anyway, let's not like get upset about old shit, you know, in the now. And try to be more present and more just sort of mindful of that. How long did that take? Not for, I mean, for you and then also the band, because I think. You know, you guys were going. You had the anniversary tour, and you were trying to do your own things. Like, what what ended up being for everybody to kind of come together and realize that, you know, you guys can tour the world as Get Up Kids. Still, well, we've kind of we've kind of always known that. Like, it's it's sort of, and I, there's no I I've been saying this, and I'm trying to find a way to say it without sounding arrogant. But it's like we don't have to. We're lucky enough at this stage in our career that we don't really have to make new music to still make a living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can we can go out and play festivals and and that's kind of what we were doing. Like, you know, Jim went back to school and Rob's impossible to nail down cuz he's in Spoon and then Ryan moved to France for a while and it just took a long time to get everybody kind of if not on the same page at least on on similar trajectories. But I think it became very apparent, especially after doing the reunion or not reunion, the 20 year anniversary show of just this, like, okay, like I don't really want to be playing state fairs. You know what I mean? But like, I don't, I don't want to like forget that past. I still want to like honor that past, but then I'm, it's not, 
you know, creatively challenging to just play action and action over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, so that's kind of the point where, where I was sort of like, I want to put my, you know, creative time into, into this. So, and what, I don't know. What's, it's been- what's, what's kept you guys together? Because there's, it's kind of amazing too, that the lineup changes, you know, that some bands go through and to keep it together and uh, those state fair bands, there's like one guy left. Um, that right. was the original, but for you guys to still be cool and each one do their own thing. I think that's, that's just amazing in itself. And when something like the kicker EP happens or there are rules, like it's like everyone's lives get, get more, more complicated as you get older with different right. things and to still come back I just think you guys are fucking lucky. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're very lucky. It's a lot of work, but it's also, you know, a lot of luck. Um, what's, what's, what's kept that, like, luck, I guess, going? <laughs> well, I've got this rabbit's foot that the gypsy <laughs> gave. Oh, no, you're not. Damn it. You're not supposed to say gypsy anymore. That a, <laughs> what is gypsy, the word you're not supposed to say anymore? Yeah, it's a slur. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, didn't I don't really use it. until until just recently and then i'm just like but 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 <laughs> then who not, will who will curse you <laughs> you know like <laughs> just fine then they don't want to be don't want me to say it i won't say it i don't care um what's kept the luck going i don't know man it's just uh you know what i, I honestly i think the key to our longevity is spending time apart and having independent lives like the first 10 years of this band this is all like we we ate we breathed you know this band was like the definition of our lives was like oh i'm in a band and that's it and you know practice every day go on tour hang out together when you're not on tour and you know absence makes the heart grow fonder i don't know it's 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 it taking time off has been really kind of important to, and then like it, it actually came up today because there's this email going around of like okay what do you want to do after our show in st louis you know i assume everybody wants to fly home at the end of the tour and rob was like well maybe we should get back together and do more writing for the record and i was like oh at the end of a tour though <laughs> you know like we're gonna be tired and sick of each other but then I was like, no, we should, we should, we should, you know, do as much pre-production as we can. And so you have to make those kind of decisions. It's also a matter of like, as far as touring goes, like not, you know, we have families, you know what I mean? Like we don't, I don't want to be gone for nine months out of the year, you know, like, so it'll be interesting to see once the album's done, how we map, map that out. Has that been announced? The album? No, I've just been telling people that we're writing stuff. Okay. I can recording. We're recording it in September, and it's going to come out next year. And is that public or no? I mean, there's not been a press release, but I've said it in interviews. Before. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, um, and then do you there you guys are doing smarter touring, right? It's not you're, like you said you're not yeah. doing two month long runs kind of thing. Yeah, work work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Although I don't know why we thought it was a good idea to go to Texas and Arizona in June. <laughs> <laughs> That's not smart. That is poor. That is not planning by way of the seasons. What about uh, – I was just thinking you guys emailing all together. Uh, 
what would have been an email back in 99 and what, you know, or 98, what would have been an email? Was there an email in 98? (laughs) Yeah, it was just beginning, sort of. I mean, at least for me, like, I think I started using it around 97, 98. Well, how about like a discussion in 98 and what would be a discussion in 2018? I don't, it wouldn't have been over email. I don't think everybody even had an email address then. And we had a, a band one that was through a service called lips.net. So it was the getup kids at lips.net. I you, remember that. It's on our first it's on our first seven inch. That's our contact. Oh, that's great. Is that email and a P.O. box that doesn't exist anymore. So how um, about if you guys were just in a room in ninety eight, what are some of the discussions and then how is that? I feel like, you know, ninety eight is uh, something, but then 2018 is like, do you guys, are you into Roth IRAs or do you got, you know, <laughs> uh, investing? <laughs> we've talked about financial stuff before. Good <laughs> God. Jim will not shut the fuck up about Bitcoin. Although now that it's kind of died off, he doesn't talk about it as much anymore. But for like a solid month, he was just like, oh, got check. Like, all right, play this song. Like, oh, got check my Bitcoin. And like, God damn it. It's. Is he like that guy? There's always one, your Facebook friend, there's always one that always tells you you missed out on Bitcoin as he tells you how much is his, is his worth. Well, he was just, he, with Jim though, he's just like, he doesn't care if I missed out on it. He's just excited that he has it. <laughs> um, a conversation in 98 would have probably been pretty musically related. Like, I remember, not 98, I guess it was 99 that clarity came out and Wilco's summer teeth had come out and something else had come out. I bought them all on the same day. And I remember just like we would sit in, you know, the Valentine house in Kansas city where Rob and Ryan and uh, James lived and just listen to records and watch twin peaks. And uh, James has this great party trick where if he, if you ask him any pop song, he can hum it out in his head and then immediately play it on the piano. What? Yeah, he's he's a he's a talented dude. <laughs> the last time I saw you guys, like, which was in Jersey, his jokes were made like half the night. <laughs> like both of you, just I like, don't remember his jokes. Well, he would just have these like things that he would say that made sense but didn't. But I mm. don't know. It was mm-hmm. does that? No, that's ac- that's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> and like, everyone loved it. He, he was. I, I shouldn't. I'm not gonna tell that story. <laughs> You're going to tell that in the uh, 200 block of washed up email. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't, it's one of those things where like, you know, you make these sort of like jokes where you're making fun of each other and they can be a little, in, you know, insensitive and I don't want to throw him under a bus. Yeah. But he's, it's pretty funny. He'll like play these like songs at practice and be like, there goes Jim walking to the bathroom. And he's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that sounds like a Reggie record. Uh-huh. Awesome. Have you heard? Have you heard the latest Reggie record? The, the one where it's the Adele cover. No, the, you should listen to it. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Done. Reggie he record. he mocked he mocked the cover of the last Adele record, but it's just James. So <laughs> that's great. How did you get in touch with Polyvinyl? Well, we started working with new, a new manager at the end of last year, and. She was like, well, who do you want to talk to? And we were like, polyvinyl. And if they say no, then we'll make a list of other people we'd want to talk to. Wow. And, they, and they said yes. And then everything's been kind of 
it's this really interesting thing I've noticed, and this is like kind of in the last six months of sort of like going like kind of first thought, best thought sort of thing of like, yeah, let's, this sounds good. Let's do that. And then like, oh, and that worked. Okay. So maybe we keep going with that theory, you know, of just like, don't overthink it too much, you know, like just kind of trust, trusting your instincts, I guess maybe is what that is. Were you but, overthinking earlier? Oh, we, we overthink everything. That's, How come? Well, I mean, five people trying to figure out something. I mean, you've got, you know, it's, it's a strange kind of Voltron that happens when the five of us get together, but you do have five type A personalities who all think that they're right. And, you know, when we're not on the same page, which happens sometimes, it can be pretty, pretty gnarly, you know? So, uh, you know, (laughs) there was a guy, uh, a guy in a band from Lawrence called split lip Rayfield. And he referred to being in a band as like being married to four smelly men. (laughs) That's true. Not far off. No. Uh, This is a business. You guys are, Mm -hmm. you guys were thinking about this and you want to have fun, but it needs to have both, right? Yeah, it's a business, but it's a business of people who all were, you know, reared on Fagazi. You know, so it's like, uh, I always make the comparison of like, I don't want us to be Starbucks, but I do want us to be that corner coffee shop that pays all their employees and the owner makes money and it's just a really quality product, you know, and, and takes care of itself. That's, you know, if, if we get to expand to a secondary location across town, great, but it doesn't really matter. And some people treat bands as like kind of like world domination machines. Um, and that's that just sounds like a lot of work (laughs) you know like but yeah you have to find you know the balance of like this is my job if i didn't if i didn't care about this at all then i'd have to find something else to make money and so we got to find that balance between you know it's the whole commerce and art thing you know and you get back into like well you know michelangelo was paid by the church you know they (laughs) he had to make money somehow yeah we all got to eat <laughs> Kicker EP. I've mm-hmm. hear, I'm I've heard in hearing the four songs. It's great to hear different eras of the band all within the four songs, which I think sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. But this one to me was really there, and I just love overall. Like, what were some of the you know the thoughts going into the EP, and then I'd love to go through each of the songs itself. But just first, overall in the EP, was there anything that everyone had collectively? come with or thoughts or or things when you first started writing these um, or putting these together here's the thing is it like the ep wasn't terribly thought out until it was done and then we kind of were like oh maybe this is what we're doing uh interesting you know what i mean like we kind of just got together and we're like okay let's try and write some stuff and if we don't like it then that's fine like don't you know, don't force it. And like, you know, let's, let's make, let's make rock songs. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's not, again, not overthink it too much. And so, you know, two of the songs are Jim's and two of them are mine. And and we just kind of flushed them out in our friend's studio. And then at the end of it, we were kind of like, oh, this really, Jim's made that point that you just said, where just kind of like, he said, it's almost like, 
uh, a Get Up Kids Greatest Hits thing of like, but it's not just, oh, this sounds like, you know, 10 minutes over and over and over again. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like different, which is I think something that you can, if I look at it now objectively, which of course can't be objective because it's my band, but um, is that it's kind of like, oh, we're now at this point where we're like, challenged ourselves so much that we now have this like deep bench to choose from of like different things that we want to do that can still be the get up kids and can still be like you know recognizable as a as a get up kids song or or lyric or melody or keyboard line or whatever and uh but i don't i don't think we noticed that while we were making the EP, because when we made the EP, we were kind of like, well, maybe these are just demos for a record, or maybe this is the start of a record. And then it was just like, no, fuck it. Let's just, these go together well. Let's put this out and let's start working on a record. And so now we're doing that consciously with the album that we're writing of a lot of like, well, this is kind of a mellow song. It's like, that's okay. We can have a mellow song on this. You know, I mean, some of our most popular songs are mellow songs, you know? But we, we always think we get in this mindset of like we have to be like boom, 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 boom. Like it has to be Red Letter Day over and over and over again. And it's just like it, it doesn't actually work with an album. It kind of works with this EP because it's only four songs. But I really wanted there to be like something in the middle that was like an acoustic thing or something. But we just didn't have time to do it. And nobody else agreed with me. That's the other part of it. <laughs> <clears throat> you should have a playlist on Spotify that's this thing plus like a little acoustic thing in the middle just for you. I'll I'll live. <laughs> I know. Just thought it'd be funny if like Jim sees it one day. Like Matt, is that the kicker EP with you know Sound of Silence? Yeah, the way it the way it should be. <laughs> the way it should have been. See it practice, asshole. <laughs> Slams the door. I like the deep bench analogy. I hadn't thought about um, that. Like you I, guys, it just, it just came to me. No, it's cool because you've got. You have all these different pieces, and like I said, as I was listening to it, I was hearing something to write home about. I was hearing Four Minute Mile. I was hearing all these other pieces, and it all fit. And for you guys to th- see that after is interesting. Kind of, it the just only, came the, natural. The only thing, the only thing that came up was like, let's make a rock record, and then James would go, "Play it faster," <laughs> and like, okay, it's not gonna. You don't think it's because the, the popes tend to want to groove, like they're you know like they. That's kind of their default is to go into like a groove. And then James is just in the corner who's granted playing a synthesizer. And he's like, play it faster. <laughs> just... but... That's awesome. I can see the practice now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, so was... it's interesting. This last session that we just had where we were writing was like really productive. It has got come? very, uh, I guess we were just getting along better. And it's just kind of like, like okay so we'll get together at like 10 in the morning and it's like okay first idea what's the first thing that comes to anybody's head let's try and write something out of that and then that'll either become a song idea or not and then we'll break for lunch and then we'll go through like we have like a dropbox full of demos and be like that jim and i have done and be like well, what about this song like what can we do with this and so we get like two songs kind of i mean not really written in the sense of like oh they're done but sort of like a foundation you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know it's been interesting because like now that i'm talking about you know we're doing press for the ep but i'm thinking about the album 
so I tend to I think I confuse the two sometimes. Like like I don't know if what I'm just talking about is only about the album because again the the EP was a fairly unplanned. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like okay we're gonna make a Get Up Kids best of new songs. So the EP did that lead to getting in touch with Polyvinyl? So all this was kind of before. Yeah, we did the EP last year. Wow. Like, kind of over the course of a year, just kind of, you know, we'd get together to play a festival or something, and like, hey, we should try and blah, 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 blah. And you got to kind of have someone to really kind of take the reins. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, everybody's so busy with just everything. Could you, when you talked about, get, you know, you having that song or that, uh, you know, hey, Jim comes up with a riff and you work on it. How does it work with all five of you deciding when something gets thrown out or not? Or it gets, it gets, it gets gets past everybody. Well, okay. So the thing that we kind of realized this time that I think it took Jim longer to come around to was that in order for anything that he or I write to become a get a kid song, everyone has to kind of put their, their stink on it. You know what I mean? Like it has to be put through this filter of the other four guys in the band. And Sometimes we we kind of try that and it gets to a point where we're just like, this just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. And then it'll be like, okay, well, we have a demo, like a room demo of it, so we'll just hang on to it. And then actually the session we did in February when we were writing, the first song we tried to write, we scrapped. And then we took uh, like the verse of it and like wrote like a really, what I think is a really great song out of it. But it was because we we had scrapped scrapped the first one and then kind of readdressed it a little bit. I don't know. Interesting. It's a it's kind of a recording studio technique of like changing like when you get hunkered like you know bogged down trying to do something perfectly like if you're doing like a vocal take or something and you're just not hitting it. It's just like, okay, let's change the situation. Maybe go get lunch, maybe go for a walk, maybe like do something else for a while and then come back to it as opposed to like just trying to like plow through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so just yeah. more just taking time with it and letting it sit and maybe not telling someone no, but Hey, put it over here and maybe we'll use it later or something. else. Yeah. Or, or just being completely honest. We're just like, I don't, I'm not crazy about this. Like, uh, I can't get into too much detail with that, but just like, yeah. uh, you, you know, just being like, I, I don't really, I'm not, like, Jim and I know each other well, like, he's, I'll, I'll just be like, I, just, I don't like this song. <laughs> yeah. like, and he's like, well, I think it's really good. And I'm like, okay, put it on a solo record, because I don't <laughs> like this song. What also, t- I mean, are you telling, like, the Popes, like, hey, that kick drum, uh, you want to hit it a couple more times, or this, or I, this note, Jim does. I very rarely give them direction because they just give me the stink eye. And then it's like, uh, so I'll just kind of be like, if they're trying something and I like it, then I'll be like, that's really cool. You know, like, that sounds great. I try to be more like. But you won't critique. No, I will. I just, I don't find it. It's, it, in my experience, sometimes it's just not terribly productive because yeah. they know I'm not a fucking drummer. I don't know. You know, like. <laughs> Like, shut up, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I got this. 
Right. Well, I mean, and that's kind of kind of something that I think that maybe part of the reason that we're getting along better now is that we're all sort of recognizing what each other's strengths. I mean, I think we've always recognized it, but we're like maybe kind of staying in our own lane a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, like when we're like writing a song that we're all sort of writing together and I'll be like, okay, I'm just kind of like humming a melody in my head. I'll write lyrics for later. But I think this verse would be better if it was three times instead of four. And then it'll be like, okay, does that work better melodically? And I'm like, well, I think so. But I'll have to like write the lyrics for it later and we'll have to come back to it to see if if I write a really killer fourth line to this verse than I wanted it to be four. You know, but like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just kind of, we have a, at least lately, we've got a pretty good shorthand of just like, you know, the thing that bim, bim, bum, dum, dum, like do that. And it's been working. That's great. I don't so, know if I'm explaining. I feel like are. I'm, speaking, I'm enjoying I'm this gibberish. Matt, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> this is, can you talk about maybe? Uh, so maybe was, uh, excuse me, the chorus of maybe and the, the kind of outro bit of it were from a really old demo tape that Jim found. And it must've been from like something to write home about era. Cause that's the last time I had like a, I don't remember the song at all. Like he, he's like, why didn't we ever use this song? And I was just like, and it's, you know, kind of whiny emo demo because I wasn't a very good singer. And uh, and I was like, I don't know, but the chorus is super catchy. It's like, let's write a song around this chorus. And so that's what we did. And we made it kind of current, you know, like the verses and the and the bridge and stuff are all, all new. And I don't remember what the song was about the first time. I think it was about getting drunk, which I don't really want to. <laughs> I like that. How about uh, better this way? Uh, I was just reading. Did you see the video? Yes, yet? dude. I love the like uh, the first shot in when everyone's kind of staring at the kid. Oh, just, that's my favorite shot too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I just yeah one shot. I'm like, that's fucking cool because that kid's like one against everybody. Yeah, that was yeah that was really fun. But I, I did I know like Jim's like you know, got the pull quote for the press release of, of that. And he had this thing about writing it in 2012. And then he said something long-winded that I didn't understand. But then he, like, uh, said something about when a glass has got water in it, it could be half full or half empty. But sometimes it's nice to have something to drink. Wow. And I thought, that, I thought that was really clever. And as much as, it, as much as it pains me to say that Jim said something clever, that that <laughs> – I got a game recognizes game, you know. Um, I just think that's a fun, like, just like a rock and roll song to me. Like, the way it ended up as far as, because I didn't write the lyrics, so uh, the arrangement just sounds, that's why I think it sounds kind of guilt show-ish, because it's just sort of like, it's not like octave chords and halftime and... and You're right. All those kind of emo tropes. But, uh... It's it's just very rock and roll, but it's like a it's like an anthem. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like you can see it in the video when everyone's kind of singing the song in slow motion at the end of the video, and it's just like yeah, you can you could fist pump to this song. Um, I do remember having a thing of like I didn't want to do the oh oh ohs in the bridge. It was like oh 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 like that. And I was just kind of like, come on, <laughs> this is just. But now I really like it a lot. I just. <laughs> 
So during the practice, you were like, I don't want to do this. The two things I remember about that is like, I was like, I don't, I don't like this part. And Jim was like, well, I, I think it's really cool and people will like it. And I'm like, all right, fine. It's your fucking song. And then when I was writing my guitar part, I did this like kind of, it's not a lead line, but it's like, na, 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 na. it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of similar to Jim's lead line in Martyr Me on mm-hmm. Guild Show. But um, and Ryan's like, I didn't know you could do that. And I'm like, play guitar? You don't think I can play guitar? <laughs> It's just, I don't know. It's funny. I can hear, man, you guys kill each other. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'm surprised you strung your guitar. Welcome. You know, we're like, oh, oh look who decided to show up. <laughs> yeah, look who's going to show up. How about, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, which to me feels like a little four minute mile. Uh, yeah. J- <laughs> James was like, write faster songs. <laughs> and so Jim was like, all right, I'll write this fast song. And then I, he sent the demo, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> like we should, and it's 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 full of that kind of like emo tropey stuff. It's got octave chords in it, and it's got like you know the it, the lyrics. It's almost too fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but it just kind of works. It's just sort of this nice little, I don't know, vignette. I guess it, 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 I like that song a lot. Yeah, that might be my favorite one on here. That seems to be the the general consensus, actually. Like it, no one's been like, "Oh, this is the only good song." But like, that's the one that seems to stand out to people, which is ironic because it's like the last one we did. And it's it's because I I base it on when I have my iTunes up and I for if I have the MP3s and stuff of like listening, and I'll look at how many times I played it because mm. I don't look, and then I'll look later and be like, "This one had the most plays." Interesting. Oh. There you go. Well, the last one, my Great. reflection. You like you like Jim's songs so much. Just my like second... everybody else. Play Campfire Kansas, they say. And I say, <laughs> I don't sing that song. Then my second favorite uh, is my reflection. My own reflection? My own reflection, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, – I mean, that just sounds like Jawbreaker to me. <laughs> was, know, this, like... was, was, that, was that one of your songs? Yeah. There's actually a, a demo of it that was on. I did a like a limited edition like benefit seven inch that has a demo of that song on it, oh. uh, which I don't. I don't even think I have a copy of it. But I was like, this song's good, and they're like, you know, it was just on a on a seven. Like you know, you know, it's not like I put it out on one of my albums or something. Or it's streaming right now in another way or another yeah. format. Ironically, uh, I wrote it. Uh, kind of intending to put it on a, one of my like solo records, but I wasn't making a rock record, and it songs obvious like very. There was no way to like transpose it to be like finger picky. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of the emphasis. I think that the the emphasis of it works because of that. It's kind of an angry rock song. Yeah. So you kind of saved it. Yeah, I've done that from time to time, and sometimes you lose songs, and you're just kind of like. I've had this song for five years and never had a place to put it, and now I'm sick to death of it. But at one point in my life, I knew this was really good. And is there anyone in the band that is archiving or documenting or holding on to stuff as the band? No, not really. You need to get I mean, on that. I've got a bunch of our master tapes in my basement. Uh, they used to be in the, some of them are in the Vagrant Vault, which I guess is now the BMG Vault. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know who's really good at that is Bob Nana. Yes, when I've spoken to Bob about this. And I, I just always kind of look at it. I'm like, well, that's really cool that you have that. I'm not going to do that shit, but it's really cool that you do it. I mean, it must – like when I had him on my podcast, he like recounted all, all the, every single show of our first European tour with them. <coughs> and I was just like, I don't remember that show at all. He's like, yeah, I have the flyer for it and everything. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Wow. But so I mean I, I don't – so no, you, our, you, you our, have I, no interest in that. Maybe there's an interest, but not enough to actually do anything about it on my part. I remember there was a, a podcast that I listened to with Ian McKay, and he was talking that his mom had told him to keep a journal. Uh huh. And he kept a journal for a very, very long time, and it was helpful. So I, it just maybe there's like a. I just think when when they when people look back and you guys in twenty thirty years and they're they're still talking about the Get Up Kids, which they will. What you know? What things are there that people can you know look at or be a part of? Um, and well, I, just think, I, mean, I mean, you guys probably have stuff. You maybe just have it in a drawer you haven't opened. Yeah, I know Ryan's got a bunch of shit in his garage, and I've got some stuff in my basement. A lot of Dubin's photos because yeah. he uh, and like old flyers and old posters and stuff. And I don't know if you caught it in the video. There's a bunch of like Easter eggs of. The first shot, all the stuff in the background, right? Well, yeah. There's the the actual something to write home about painting is on his wall, and there's a Shepherd Fairy poster from our CMJ showcase in '99, and then he's walking on the track like four minute mile, and then there's the red curtains that he goes. You can't tell it they're red though. That's the only thing when he walks into the you know foosball hall, I guess. Uh, pulling back these red curtains that are supposed to be like guilt show. And then ah. uh, the kid, he's not, he didn't get a, there's one of the teams was supposed to be these nineties emo kids. So it's like, you know, girl with glasses and a, and a guy in like a cardigan and a backpack and, you know, horn rim glasses. And he's wearing the t-shirt that Ryan wore in the action and action video. So wow. there's all these like little, little, little Easter eggs in there. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, that made me think of that because of the posters and stuff on the on the wall. See, those are great. You uh, a this was reminding me you need to do your book because you got to you got to put all these down. <laughs> and then you know I think it's no some, time. There's no time. I'm doing too many interviews. <laughs> this fucking interview. There's too many podcasts. <laughs> and you need to get your podcast going again. A lot of work, man. It I is. don't know. It's a pain. In, it, I've gotten into a groove where I can. I've got my like Sunday nights is when I edit and X, Y, and Z. Well, that's but, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't I, have kids, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, you know what? I would do it in a heartbeat if I could get someone else to book it. You know really? what I mean? Like, I think that's the part of it that I really didn't like. Is about like, like the scheduling of somebody. Well, and just the asking. You know, like yeah, hey. Will you come do this? I don't know if anybody listens to it, but I think it's cool. You know, and I got some people to do it, but some people are willing to talk to me. But so if you, I don't know, you just need a booker. Maybe. Okay. But I don't know. My life's getting pretty busy right now, now that we've started this monster up again. So I just had a few more because I know we're at an hour and your kids are going to come back with, uh, they're all hopped up on candy and right. And the, they probably went 
bought comic books is probably what they did. Okay, but that's good. Uh, when you when we last chatted, there's a few things I noticed that I thought was fun to bring up. You know, the how you felt about the word emo, and you said it's a scarlet letter, but it's for better or for worse. Is that still the case? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, what are you what are you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? Like, would it, I had the same conversation with the word uh, cisgendered. You know what that is? No. So a, a, a transgendered person is someone who doesn't identify as the sex they were born with. A cisgendered person is someone who does identify with the sex. So I am a cis man, right? Got it. And so it was this thing of like, well, why do, why do, why do you have to be called that? I'm like, well, because we got to have a word for it. You can't just be like trans or normal. You have to be like trans or cis. And like, no, you didn't get to pick it, but that's the word that – that that exists in the lexicon, and that's the same way, not to equate emo with anything, but like, you know, I don't I don't think anybody would have picked that. That's name. what I mean. Yeah, no one would have picked <laughs> you know? it. I mean, it's been hate. It's been made fun of since the moment it was uttered. But it's just it's it is what it is. I mean, we we keep getting kind of lumped in as like this sort of like when emo was good kind of thing, <laughs> and I was just like, all right. That's better than what it was when we started, which was, you know, a derogatory term. Yeah. No, I definitely I mean, if you look at the if you look at the eras, which ones are looked fondly upon or which ones where it got sort of, you know, the same thing was happening where it was the same mm-hmm. band sounding like the same thing. You guys were definitely before that. I, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I don't I, I don't think about it that often it's just sort of it's now it's 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 come far enough around that we can like make jokes about it you know what i mean like you know or like like what i was saying before like well you do have an emo podcast like it's just sort of like yeah. it's ball busting kind of oh stuff. totally no it's definitely it's been again it's i think there's always a time for somebody to come back around on it and be mm-hmm. like you're 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 okay with it but like you said that's just what i was given yeah <laughs> And it, there's there's worse things to be called, <laughs> you know. Yes, like, and th- you are remembered, and I think that's the part that there's a ecosystem, and I think there's bands today that it's just a. It seems to be that there's there's a community around it. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, the. I mean, you've made long, yeah. lifelong friends from. That's those true. things and you're still I, in I touch and you still I don't know that I associate as that being like an emo thing. It's just sort of like I I can I could talk to any person who is a touring musician or right. even a studio musician. You know what right. I mean? Like the commonality is not necessarily because of genre, it's because of what the job is. Yeah. So more of more of more that's just what the job versus yeah, that it could be anything. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting too when you start talking to other people who are in sort of mercenary work like people who work in professional kitchens or stand-up comedians you know who are just kind of like yeah we basically have similar jobs just you're telling jokes i'm singing songs you know (laughs) that's true uh were there are there more releases reissues or like when you guys were going in your tapes and looking at things are there more plans for uh b-sides or things that you found in the archive We've got enough stuff to do another like Eudora. I wanted to call it Eudora Deuce, but um, no, no one seems terribly interested in it. <laughs> we're very like because even now we're kind of like 
man, I wonder if we could like do a 10 year anniversary reissue of their rules and have polyvinyl put it out. And like, cause I do think, I think that record's really good. I think it's challenging. And I think that like, we, we didn't do a very good job of promoting it cause we put it out ourselves and it'd be nice to like do a proper. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not in like a, Oh, we can make so much money off of this. It was just sort of like, well, no, we worked really hard on this and giving it a justice. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's got some really cool shit on it. <clears throat> I made um, a point. I made a point earlier because I was going through your discography, and the, that record came after the EP for some reason yeah. in my iTunes, and I was like, okay, I need to go back to that because that was the last thing you guys had done. You know, released X. Um, more, more than that, I like the Simple Science EP uh, even more than. Yeah, I think that that's actually one of the. Some I didn't even think about this until I did an interview with uh, Fader, who premiered the video, and they were like, "You guys are really good at EPs," and I was like, "Huh? Oh, that's actually yeah? true." And I was like, "I was just kind of like, I think I agree with you. <laughs> like, some of our EPs are some of my favorite things that we've done." Oh, and I don't wow. know. If that's I just... didn't even think about that until you just said that. Yeah, I'm learning all sorts of things about myself uh, in the last year. <laughs> Like a guy that we were talking about making the record with, he was like, you guys write anthems, write more anthems. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we do do that. <laughs> and I just hadn't really thought about it. And just like, yeah, write songs that people want to sing along to. Yeah. Dummy. <laughs> so are you, ha- I mean, you talked about Eudora uh, Deuce. Are you go- can are you guys going to do that? Are you going to have like another? I don't one? know. It's it's just something. I how far out on, do you plan ahead? How far out well, as a band do you plan ahead? We're I mean what we've got now we're recording in September, so we need to finish writing before then, and then it'll probably be six months between when we finish the record to when it comes out, and so then it would be it just kind of like okay so general spring of 2019. Uh, plan world domination tour. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of... So maybe something have... like 2020, 2021 would have another B-Sides thing. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to the help. Other, the, other thing, the other thing is that like, it's this weird thing because this has come up a couple times now where it's like, oh, next year is the 20-year anniversary of something you're at home about and we're like, eh, so. <laughs> you know, we're just kind of like... But we have we have a new record out. We don't want to like, you know, have that go off the rails just so we can talk about some old shit. The the anniversaries thing is kind of arbitrary to me. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like it doesn't make the record any better just because it's twenty years old. You know, like but it's if you're, for people. It's it's for the fans to. I think it's more the they're remembering it and then thinking back twenty years and saying no, and I, I was here. I, I was there. I do understand that, but it's like we play those songs anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, you're you're never going to come to one of our shows and be like, "Huh, that's weird." They didn't play anything off of something right home about. You know, like <laughs> so. There's nothing were, else. These in the- tickets were expensive. <laughs> God damn it! They never did that song. No, did they? Uh, did you, you so you don't have anything else from that era or that time period that you could put something together, even if it's extra songs or a. Not you know. that I'm aware of. The only thing we ever found was the demos that they put on uh, the 10-year, you know, money grab. Is there, is, <laughs> is, there a, is, there a, is there a live show in that era that was recorded? I'm sure that there is. I think, I mean, a, I think a live show, 
around that era. I'm just helping See, you. See, this is your this is your I didn't ask you for marketing advice. Well, sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Matt. I'm much more excited to say like, hey, we're making this new stuff and like Welcome to my pain no, of I know. talking to bands. But I think you I think you need to do something small. If you don't want to do anything, you, you do I know. need we, to acknowledge we, we it will. and do something. We will. We'll, me, we'll do something. We'll right. do something. Let's, I'll I'll let's I'll loop table you, it. I'll loop you into my people, our okay. people. <laughs> That's we have, a, code. we have we have a, yeah, we have <laughs> quit talking about this. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it, it's an interesting line to to walk of like you know, you don't want to you have to exist both as your past self and your current self, right? So you can't like you can't be Uncle Rico in uh, Napoleon Dynamite, who's only talking about like high school, and he peaked in high school. Like you still have to like be moving forward, but then at the same time, you don't ever want to like forget about that time or not not honor it. You know what I mean? But at this, so you have to walk this kind of weird <clears throat> kind of balancing act of like being moving forward but not forgetting the past. And I think it's easier in a streaming world. Where yeah. it isn't just if I went to Amoeba and looked up Get Up Kids, I might only see the new EP and maybe something right home about. But now a kid has access to everything. Mm-hmm. And how do you get them to – they might know something right home about, but how do you get them into On a Wire or we – We did a Spotify thing that was kind of a like – we curated it. That was like a – this is like Get Up Kids primer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which, which that, is like, – that's, then it's also interesting because then you're like, what are these the songs that we like or are these the songs that people like? You know, like yeah, you know, but but you know, it's it's an interesting you know, it's better than not having that problem. And what's great is kids are going to see this tour that didn't have a chance to see you ever before. Yeah, that's something that like. I de- I was telling somebody else this the other day that like I definitely went through a time when I was when I was super burnt out where I was annoyed when people were like why didn't you ever come to Minneapolis and it's like I came to Minneapolis like twenty seven times like what do you but now I just I I don't know I just grew the fuck up <laughs> and so now it doesn't bother me yeah they weren't they weren't old enough to I don't yeah know, they, they weren't, weren't born they weren't born yet yeah they didn't sorry see- I. Sorry I didn't see you guys in the 90s. I'm 17. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't look at the let me just get in my Weekly. Let me get in my time machine and go back to Columbus Fest. <laughs> so other than, other than music stuff, which I know is a lot of your life, and I think you've got the downright stuff and Get Up Kids and your solo thing, and anything else that you've been working on that you're really enjoying or something that you're looking forward to? Uh, no, I've, I've kind of scaled a lot of it back and kind of like putting, putting effort into doing, doing this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I, 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 I no, it's nothing, nothing really on the, on the horizon. What, I, I, my, what about like family stuff? Like anything you want to like really excited about with, if it's, you know, a trip or if there's something, I don't know, just some like. I want to go on a I want to go on a float trip, like a canoe trip or like a, a something. I don't know. Just we used to go camping a lot, and we haven't really had the opportunity to do that that often. It's it's trickier when you have teenagers. Like they want to do their own shit, 
they don't necessarily want to do what your their parents want to do. Yeah. And then and then you're like, well, you're coming anyway. And then they're just miserable, like <laughs> I was. I mean, there's photos of me when I'm like 14 at Disney World with my mullet and my Vision Streetwear like beret, and I just look like the most miserable asshole in the world. Riding the riding the teacups. Fuck everything. Yeah, it's very. I mean, that was kind of my transition from getting into like because I started with like glam metal and then discovered punk rock, kind of sort of around like Metallica covering the Misfits. It's just kind of like, oh, what's this? You know, like. Uh, and so there's definitely like this sort of like I was a skater, but I was a metalhead too. I had an earring. Well, only one. You can only have one earring. You could only have one. <laughs> That's great. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say that. So, like, I'm in the early processes of, of doing interviews for this and, like, talking about all of these kind of kind of things I've been thinking about, but I'm trying to find ways to say them without sounding like getting into those sort of, like, you know, interview cliches, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but I do think, and I'd be curious to see if you agree that like, I think this EP is a good way. If you only listen to like our early stuff and that's all that you were really into was like something at home about that. This actually maybe bridges, uh, that era of the band with the current, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of I, – I'd be curious to see if anybody who – because I do think a lot of people – I always made the joke that there's like two kinds of Get Up Kids fans. There's the people who like the first two records and then the people who like everything. And if you're the kind of person that only like the first two records, I think you might actually like this EP. So that was – tw- I'm trying to find the tweet, but that was my that was my tweet after hearing the EP. Oh, good. I wrote, for everyone – that only said that these were your favorite records. This is your next one. I, and I, I just, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Cause I want to be clear that like, that wasn't the intention. Like when we were writing it, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, Ooh, this is really going to win everybody but, back. No, but, but by everything you've said in this interview, it, it came naturally. You were all figuring yeah. it out. Well, and it's interesting now because now that, now that we've been talking about it more, it's kind of like, Oh, I guess we kind of did that on accident and now let's kind of continue in that headspace you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know because i've been i've been toying with this idea of like modern emo themes have i told you this no or did, just about how like you know you you can whether you're 18 and you you miss your girlfriend or you're 40 and you miss your kids it's the same feeling you know what I mean? And so, like, how do you then, like, translate, you know, the emo, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to, if we're stuck with this emo tag, like, how do you translate the emotions of, of being an adult into songs? Because, like, I certainly couldn't write a song from the perspective of an 18 year old. That would be garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? But so I don't know. I've been, I've been kicking around this idea. So. We'll see how it goes. Is that is that something where is it is it a is is it a song? Is it something you're going to write about? Is there something? Well, I think that we kind of already started doing it in the EP, but didn't realize it. Like we were sort of like, like 
the example that I'm always drawn to is with I'm sorry, like you can't tell if he's talking to his wife or if he's talking to his kid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's and so like and then you know, like thinking about the past as well as thinking about the future. And when you're eighteen, you're not thinking about the past. You're only thinking about, you know, what's gonna happen. And so I don't know. I've just been I've been kind of exploring it and like been writing stuff like in the new stuff that we've been writing of like I don't know, how do we kind of it's a kind of an interesting thought experiment. You know what I mean? Of just sort of like how do you make the quote unquote like emo song like relevant for 2018 as well as being relevant to me as an adult. And I think that's that bridging the gap for Maybe people I mean, because is it? It's like there's always that kid that's going to show you the No Effects record, and that No Effects right. record still is cool with the older dude, and that younger kid gets it. So how do you, how do you like there's not? This, it's oh, it's not like you're to taking me, it back, but it's like you're, you're trying to, be, to figure it out. That happened to me recently with uh, my daughter's band. Her the singer of her band. She's like, "Have you ever heard? Have you heard this band, Bikini Kill?" And I was like, "Yeah." and and i was like yeah i saw them at like a vfw hall in kansas city and she was like you saw bikini kill and i was like yeah like it's not that big a deal what translated with bikini kill do you think i think i I, like kind of like uh sort of just like punk like punk rock politics i think Mm -hmm. like i mean i think they were talking about women specifically but i think that 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 works for you know gay stuff trans stuff i mean there's a big native native american community here so that's a big part of of it or black lives matter or any any of that kind of intersectionality of of stuff but i just thought it was interesting it's like oh this like when people are like like if someone listens to something right home about which is going on 20 years old and they're like oh this means something to me when they're 15 i'm like huh that's interesting like who knew (laughs) you know but it's great especially that it, when you're, when you're that in it this, connects like, later. Yeah, especially when you're in this like kind of disposable culture of like, oh, this is in the news for one day and then it's forgotten. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like may, maybe we did something that has some staying power. I think that's really true. I I think for people to again that goes back to they they might be coming for something to write home about, or they might be coming for that record, or they got into something else, but they're still coming to the show. And yeah. they're cool, and it's an audience that's going to listen to the EP. Yes, hopefully, yes. And you know, you you definitely make them wait. You 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 make them wait till the hits, but you get them through that. Uh, and, I, I, we we tend to go with a little bit of peppering throughout. Like we'll go like one of your like, quotes we'll, in the book was hilarious. You talk about okay. that, but yeah. it made me laugh because I'm sure it's changed. But you you wrote you were like main tip. You know, it was like always make them wait. I'm going to find it because I think you're hilarious. It was really funny. Uh, I, I well, I, it's it's always make them wait, but like we do kind of do a like. I I worry sometimes like like lately we've been opening with holiday and then not really playing. It was like holiday Dottie, and then like not play any songs from that record for a while, so that you can kind of establish. Oh, we will play these, but just. <laughs> Like don't don't wait through ten songs you don't know and then be like fuck this they're never gonna play Amy, you know like I'm out. Which I don't even know if people think that way, but <laughs> I mean Jimmy World's got the same problem with 
the middle and sweetness. Well, they've got a different problem because they're they're like they've got on the radio. You yeah. know what oh, I mean? You're like, right. You're right. And once you bring radio into it, it's like a whole other, you know, type of fan that it doesn't exclude the people who are like, oh, Clarity's the greatest record in the world. But it you can't count on the people who like your radio hit to like dig the deep cuts. Yeah. The, this was your quote. Oh, uh, boy. I was telling that my buddy Nate plays bass and fun. I interviewed him for the podcast, and they're having a hard time because they have a radio hit. They were like, if we play that song in the middle of the set, half the crowd leaves. And I was like, yeah, man. You have to make them suffer through the new shit and get to <laughs> one that they want. And I said, that's it. You got to make them wait. And you wrote, you said, yeah. How else am I going to get you to listen to this new song that's like seven minutes long? <laughs> so fucking funny, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> How am I going to get to listen to seven minutes long? <laughs> It is a little bit of a kind of uh, – I have, I have friends in bands who kind of refer to their relationship with the audience as being sort of adversarial, kind of like, like I'm going to make you like me, you fuck. You know, like – and it's just sort of like – I don't think I think about it that way, but I think about it as kind of like, okay, here's one for you, one for me, one for you, yeah. one for us. And – you know, and if that's when you want to go get a beer or take a leak, then that's totally up to you. <laughs> You're still here. I still got your money. I still got your money. <laughs> nice. Now, I just, I, 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 I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, there's, you could probably write dissertations on set lists, like the structure of a set list or the structure of a track list on an album, like. You know, it's got to be a little bit of this, and we're going to bring it down for a little bit, and then we got to like, you know, yeah, give it, and then put something there that everybody's going to want to sing along to, so that you're you got them hooked, and then bring it down to just Jim for a song, and then so we can all make drinks, and uh, you know, just <laughs> how long to wait before the encore, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it just kind of like, well, they want us to go back out, but do you want them to keep? Because they might give up and just leave. You know, like they might just because that's happened before. We're like, we're like, oh, we should go do an encore, and then they were like, oh, everybody left, and it was because it's because it was it like right so after long. Weezer, right after Weezer got back together, and they were playing like in another venue, and it was just like, oh yeah, later. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. You did, yeah, yeah. You didn't cool. play these two or three songs, so anyway. <laughs> uh, what's your Venmo? You don't have to send me. I'm going to send you 25 bucks. No, I don't worry about it. All this right. podcast is going to make me so rich. <laughs> it's not. This is going to rocket number one EP in the country because of the washed up podcast. <laughs> uh, called the, call the washed up bump. I know the washed up bump. Uh, there is that. The kids have told me that with new bands. I'll like talk about a band, and they're like, "We just got a bunch of followers," and I'm like, "Good." This means a bunch of old farts actually heard of the band because they were on your podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, I will make it up for you at the merch table. Make it faster. Yeah. <laughs> Tell James thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Matt. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. Yeah, you too, man. And I uh, look forward to seeing you um, when you guys are out here with. Racket Club and uh, hopefully Sounds great. LA. Thanks, Matt. Cool. Bye, Tom. Bye.